go. In a beautiful confluence, did you know that all three of the Abrahamic traditions, religions, share their most holy time of the year together this year? All three of us. For Christians, Easter. For Jews, Passover or Pesach. Uh, For Muslims, Ramadan. It's not uncommon for Easter and Passover to coincide because, well, the events of Holy Week all took place during the observance of Passover. Jesus was a good Jew um, and nearly 2,000 years ago. But the Jewish calendar does not always line up with the Gregorian calendar that the Western Christians use. You'll also notice in probably in your like little, well, if any of you still use paper calendars, <laughs> even on the Google calendar, you'll see Easter actually comes next week for the Orthodox Christians because they have a different calendar. The Muslim calendar year is also different than the Gregorian. I think it's about, I think it's, they said it's like 10 or 12 days shorter. Um, But one interesting fact that I recently learned is that Ramadan occurs during the ninth month of the year. But because the Muslim calendar is shorter than the Gregorian, it means that Ramadan occurs during each of the seasons. Isn't that cool? And it takes 33 years to cycle through for it to land in the same place the next time. I thought that was pretty neat. So it's not, the, it's not a common occurrence that Ramadan, Passover, and Easter all land at the same time. Well, I had a rare moment of quiet on Good Friday. I was up super early for Angela um, because the tech guy uh, needed to come before his shop opened to install our brand new computer and ambient mic. And so Dan and I were here at seven o'clock before he left for work um, to get things rolling. And that meant that I was home uh, by nine and couldn't really go back to bed because it was nine in the morning. Um, And I did have some things to do, but I knew I also had the evening service. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take it easy. And um, I turned on the Today Show, uh, which I haven't done in years. And there were some really fun recipes, if you're not allergic to peanut butter, uh, they, they made in about two minutes, but of course you could see, you know, the beautifully displayed final results that probably took, you know, hours <laughs> to get just right. And then the hosts shared their four of them, what they were going to do this special weekend. Three of the four were observing Christian Easter traditions. And even the one Jewish person said that they were having an egg hunt <laughs> for his family. But they also had a short seven-minute interview, that's how short, with three people, seven minutes, three people, three faith leaders, a rabbi from New Jersey, an Episcopal priest from New York, and an imam from Pennsylvania. No, this is not the beginning of a joke, Steve. Each of them had the opportunity to talk about the importance of this high holy time in their faith tradition, and each of them spoke about something that everyone could learn from their traditions. 
So I'm going to share some of that with you in less than seven minutes. Ramadan is a season of fasting, prayer, and faithful intention. Toward the end of Ramadan, usually about the 10th night before the end of the month, is the night where they commemorate God's revelation of the Quran to Muhammad. The Imam taught that Ramadan is a season of self-restraint, of refraining from many of life's physical pleasures. And one purpose for their fasting is to increase compassion and empathy for others. For example, by going without food, they remember those for whom their next meal is uncertain. It's easier to remember the hungry when you're hungry. By going without water, they remember those who do not have access to clean water every day, whenever they want it or need it. He said part of the practice is to, quote, tap into our common humanity. It's a season marked by reading Holy Scripture, marked by communal prayer and service to others. When asked for one central message of Ramadan, the imam answered, hope. The Quran reads, with difficulty there is ease, both together with difficulty comes ease. In life, difficulties, trials, and hardships will come, and we need our spiritual muscle to be strong in order for us to move through them. The spiritual practices observed during Ramadan, specifically fasting, prayer, and scripture reading, do any of those sound familiar to you? These are all exercises that help us to strengthen our spiritual muscle, just like we would do with, by working out with weights to strengthen our physical muscles. When we exercise our spiritual muscles on a regular basis, then we increase our resilience for when the difficulties do come. I was surprised that the rabbi didn't go into the history of Pesach, of Passover, at all. She didn't talk about Pharaoh. She didn't talk about the deadly plagues. And I said she, it was a he, excuse me. He focused on the transition from winter to spring. It is a spring holiday. It always falls in the spring. Passover is a springtime, holy time. He believes that just as the trees become barren in the winter, humanity right now has entered a similar cycle of life. He said we have become, quote, a barren, or we have had a barren winter. Gun violence, ravaging storms, polarity that's out of control. But like trees that are beginning to bloom, even when we have a dark day, we can reboot, renew, be reborn, and rejuvenate, end quote. When asked for a message from Pesach that he'd like to share with everyone, he agreed that we can't just follow our faith practices once a year. 
he gave us three things to think about. He said every day we need gratitude so that we don't become complacent. We need yearning, not wanting or needing with our bodies and minds, but the deepest yearnings of our soul. He said in asking ourselves, what do we really want by way of balance and meaning and purpose in this world, we make ourselves vulnerable to hearing God's call. He also said the third one, faith is not magic. God does not swoop down and just make everything better. Otherwise, we wouldn't be going through this winter of our souls. He said, we are God's messengers, sent to bring God's love, compassion, and hope with God's, God as the wind at our backs. That's how we, in partnership with God, bring what he called God's dominion to earth. Now, I thought I had remembered what the priest had said, but when I went back and listened more closely to the interview, I realized that I had made a whole lot of assumptions. I had inserted my own ideas of what Easter means into the memory. Oh, she must have spoken about those Easter themes that we're all familiar with, resurrection and spring and new life, the hope that comes with the dawn. She didn't say any of that. (laughs) Instead, she named the great diversity of Christian practice around the world. We don't all celebrate Easter the same way. In fact, we don't even celebrate it on the same day. She said, even so, we do share the same story. We need the darkness in order to comprehend the light. We share the experience of joy and rejoicing on Easter, but first, we have to come face to face with Good Friday to be reminded of the ways we wound ourselves our relationships with God and with each other. She said, quote, we don't always, we know we don't always live in congruence with our own values. We know that. We have to go through that journey of recognition to understand just how much the fact that God loves us anyway, and that is something to be happy about. Her one lesson to share came from Maundy Thursday, and her word was solidarity. In sharing the one bread and the one cup, we are one. When Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he showed great humility and reminded them, we are one. She said that we need to be present to one another, in solidarity with one another, actively listening to one another, shared humanity with humility. Why do I share all of these things with you? Because humanity is one. Jesus prayed that we might all be one. 
Then one of the hosts pointed out that each of our faiths, all three of them, end these high holy days with a feast. We all gather around the table, usually surrounded by family and friends. And he said, what would the world look like if we all came together at one table to share a meal? Friends, every time when we come to the communion table, we pray. Bless us, basically, until, we meet, until Christ comes again and we feast at his heavenly banquet, all of us at one table. I share again, I share all of this with you to remind us that no matter how bleak things look, school shootings, silencing of protests, increased violence on our streets, polarization of ideas on everything from what is history to what is art, two billion people or 25% of the world's population living in conflict-affected areas, 25% of the world's population, climate change-driven storms wreaking havoc, no matter how terrible things seem, no matter how dark the night becomes, or how long the winter of our souls seems to last, spring will always come. But we can't wait for it. We must partner with God, be actively present to one another, and live our compassion while we flex our spiritual muscles. So don't walk away from this sanctuary today when the service is over. Run. Run with a message of hope and love. Death has lost the battle. Love will always win. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen.